Hello and welcome to episode six of the 12 podcasts of Christmas. Today we are joined by Coniscliffe Cakery and we're looking forward to sharing with you their story. Um, listen to this episode. It's a fantastic episode, lots of good uh, storytelling in terms of setting up a business during lockdown. So if you're interested, please listen along. Um, I'll get straight into the episode and I'll make sure you hang around at the end and I'll tell you how you can find out more. So, Becky, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Tell you what, kick us off. Do you want to tell us who you are and what you do? Okay, so my name is um, Becky Isles, and um, I have just recently set up um, a business in August of this year called Coniscliffe Cakery, which is um, a home bakery, if you like, doing various treats, traditional cakes, tray bakes, cake loaves, treat boxes um, on a fortnightly basis um, and um, I've just recently set up my Christmas and New Year menu um, and children's boxes which have gone um, really really well so um, yes it's it's kind of very very new and in its infancy stage I guess but going really well so far. Fantastic Natalie's like yes finally some cake! <laughs> Yes, which I've sampled and it is delicious. What's uh, what, what cake did you sample? The cornflake tart. Oh my goodness! Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah. You, but we, you can't get it at the minute, can you, Becky? Because Thank it's stuff now. So it is. It is. I put a little advert. I put a cheeky advert out last week because cornflake tart has been one of my best sellers um, since mm-hmm. August. And I'd said to my customers, new um, and old, or not that old, um, that my last week was going to be this week for Cornflake Tart before they were going to the whole Christmas menu next week. So um, I think last week I'd done nine Cornflake Tarts. (laughs) And when there's just you um, in, you know, a home kitchen, which obviously has to be to all the highest standard of cleanliness and production sheets, etc., which obviously everything is, because I, I do really pride myself on the high standards. Everything's made by me. So there's only me and one pair of hands. So, um, but yes, last week uh, was the last week to order the conflict tap, but it will be back with a twist in the new year. Ooh. So you can look out for that one. I, I think I'll have to get in on the action in the new year. <laughs> so obviously you've just touched on um, sort of setting up the business and everything else. Do you want to tell us a bit of the origin story? What, you know, what what is the thing that made you go for it take the leap you know what so i am well this is this is awful but i've joined the 40s club quite recently well last year actually so i'm 41 now and i've always been around food and drink my late father um he's been dead now for 20 years my dad he taught me how to cook and his favorite dish was it was four rib of beef with ratatouille and I know that's slightly going on a sideline from the baking but he was the kind of he was the chef at home he was the cook so kitchen was always the heart of the home for me and it was his way of showing his love to to me because he wasn't really a flowery kind of guy my dad if that makes sense um so he he taught me how to cook so from being 16 um, even before that, actually, I was cooking at home, but I decided to do what it was then, a GMVQ, Advanced Hospitality Management at college. 
which I went on to do for two years. Was very lucky to work in some lovely hotels around the country, and there's one that's um, very, very close to my heart, which is called the Lador Falls, which is just outside Keswick in Borrowdale. And I worked there on and off for a year during my two work experiences and went back there in the summer shopping. And believe it or not, although I'm quite a people person, um, I, abs I absolutely loved being back of house and that whole kind of food is love theme, which I definitely got in inherently from my father. So that was kind of the background. Um, in amongst doing all this and doing hospitality management, I worked at the Darlington College on a weekend in the restaurant. And I was approached by, I didn't know it then, but by the then star manager of Mike Spencer's Darlington. And he said, Becky, we're interviewing next week. I think you'd be great on foods. Come and join us at MS. And I went for the interview and I've consequently been at Mike Spencer's now for 24 years in food, in hospitality. Um, I actually was, I worked for head office a long time ago, 20, how old was I then? 23 for a couple of years. And I was the regional training manager where I used to go and open all the cafes and the in-store bakeries around the UK and the Channel Islands, believe it or not. So I was very lucky to have, have done that role. And then I came back to a store where I was cafe manager in Middlesbrough store. And um, now I am team manager on foods in Teesside Park. So I'm a part of a job share. So kind of my whole career over the last 25 years has been around food. And I guess what led me in, in relation to your question, Adam, what led me to setting up on my own was during lockdown. Um, I was furloughed from work because my husband and I have a little girl, um, Bobby Rose, who's just turned five. And we have, we have no family, as in parents. Um, Brian's parents are both deceased. Um, I have no contact with, with my mother and my father. My father died 20 years ago. So there's just us. So I was at home furloughed and um, I'd never been off that long, apart from being on maternity leave. So... I was baking, keeping busy, cleaning, all the rest of it, experimenting with new things and feeding. And I know this is, this is quite exaggeration, the 5,000 neighbours around about, but literally that's what I was doing. I was baking because it's that whole thing, the homemade with love thing. If I know that people are getting fed and it's good food and decent stuff, then I'm happy, if that makes sense. So my next door neighbours, um, Charlotte and Kevin, who are our really good friends now, they kept saying to me, Becky, you absolutely need to set up. And I was like, no, it's that whole thing of fear of failure. Will it work? Can I put it in? Because there's other projects going on in our lives as well, as well as being, you know, mum to a five-year-old, a husband, you know, all of that. So I toyed with the idea, spoke to a couple of friends and they said, Becky, look, just go for it. So I thought, right, so I will. So I launched on the 10th of August and um, I have to say it's completely taken me by surprise. Um, the followers that I've got and the reviews that I've had and nothing short of just, you know, fantastic and really, really pleased with how the success of Connorscliff Cakery is going so far. So that's where I am today. That is a story and a half. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing, that is no, that is uh, 
fair play to you. And uh, being a business owner myself, I completely understand the whole, will I succeed? How do I know what it, what's going to happen? The truth is you don't, you don't know. No. no, you don't. And this is, uh, I always advertise myself as a hobby chef because this is never going to be a business as in taking over my entire life. But I have to say it's taken certainly a lot more time than I anticipated, but that's a really good thing because it's keeping me busy, it's keeping me active. And I remember when I, when I met Natalie the other day, I'm quite a, a manic person, but in a good way. Um, and I do have a lot of frenetic energy, which you can probably tell by my animations now. But I just love to be busy. And I like to know that I'm doing good for people. And that's just me, really. And that definitely comes from, I've got a lot to thank for my late father. And that, that comes directly from the heart when I, I talk about him with such fondness because he did teach me how to cook and the heart of the kitchen, the heart of the home is in the kitchen. And that's where it is for me here. That's where we spend all of our time in the, the kitchen, the dining room and the orangery because it's such a big um, area of space to congregate with my husband and my daughter. No, that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that. Um, 2020 obviously an, an interesting year part of the podcast series that we're doing here is about um talking about in some cases the trials and tribulations of the year that people have seen and, and whatnot um obviously it's slightly different for yourself because you've actually set up the business throughout lockdown would you say lockdown gave you the chance to go actually i'm going to go for it would you say that was you know if lockdown hadn't have happened would you be in this position most likely not. However, regardless of whatever life throws at us, Adam, people always need to eat and drink. And, you know, for me, it was, it was definitely an opportunity, which it was. Um, I think what was in the back of my mind was every September, obviously I set up in August, every September for the last three or four years, I always host from home um, a Macmillan coffee morning. And this year was going to be something completely different because we couldn't host it as we, we normally would have done. But over the last three years, um, I think I've donated, I think it was £1,200 out of the three coffee mornings that I'd done at home. So, and that's just purely for me baking, baking like a crazy person um, and inviting all the friends and family around um, to, to come and donate and, and take the favourite cake away. So I think that was probably in my mind, right, what can I do this year? And as a consequence to that, I actually donated 20% of my September's takings to Macmillan because it was for such a worthy cause. And in, in every walk of life, there's always lessons to be learned, isn't there? There's always, you never rest on your laurels. And I use that expression quite a lot because you never know whatever is around the corner. But for someone who, I love what I do. I love my job. I love what it's about and what it represents. And if I can keep people fed with treats and whatever they're, they're like, then, you know, it makes me really happy. So I think it's great to do something that you love to do. But if lockdown hadn't have happened, would I have done it? Possibly not. Um, in the back of my head, I always anticipated when Bobby Rose started school now, actually going back to my counselling routes, um, because I qualified as a bereavement counsellor 12 years ago um, where I met my, my husband. So that was always going to be in the back of my mind, but my life's taken a different direction now, probably because of COVID, because of what has happened. Um, and 
here I am. There you go. Fantastic. So what's, what's the setup with, um, with the business? You've got premises. I am a home baker. So I am at home at the moment. However, um, there's a, there's a lack of space in our kitchen. So everything is, is obviously siphoned off in areas, you know, the mixer, the bowls, I've got a toolbox of everything in, I've got production sheets, I've got my own due diligence that I've set up with the council's approval and everything like that. Um, but I think if it, if it continues to go from strength to strength and I continue to invest the time that I've done in it, who knows what 2021 will bring? Who knows? So I think we can to... say the, the customers will be there, won't they? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> well, I think um, I just said to Adam, to Natalie there earlier before we started the call that my Christmas and New Year menu is, is getting really busy and I'm going to have to pop probably something on my page this week to say, look, any final orders need to be in very shortly because it's just getting so busy. And because there's only me and one pair of hands, I don't want the quality to be affected um, I want to make sure that people are enjoying getting the best of everything that I can produce rather than going you know hell for leather and get everything out there and the quality's not there I don't want to do that and I don't want to spoil what what it's becoming it's becoming a really good um, solid brand if, if you like in the last couple of months um, I think to get I think I've got over 500 followers now on Instagram and almost 400 on Facebook is is really encouraging and I'm really quite proud of myself for, for being able to get, get that many people in such a short space of time and a lot of repeat customers, which is also good. Yeah, you should. For absolute fair credit. You've done an incredible job. Um, and clearly, um, you know, you place the importance on the product, you know, which you've just talked about, the importance of the product. And, you know, if you get that right, that's what people keep coming back for. So clearly, clearly you've got a good recipe get it <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> absolutely, absolutely intended um so you, you've clearly got you know got really great um i suppose it's nice to hear you're just focusing on that quality product you're thinking of your customers of course you are you absolutely very focused on your customers part of that is by focusing on the product quality mm -hmm. and like you say looking at your menus and all of those what's the biggest challenge being the biggest challenge for me is I, it, it's learning to, it's going to be learning to say no because I hate disappointing people, but I know there'll, there'll come a point where I won't be able to fit everyone's order in. So for example, my friend, I've got, I've got three cakes to go out on Christmas week and balancing that in between looking after my five-year-old going to work and delivering 1200 customer orders at M&S and Bar is going to be a challenge. But, you know, I'm up for it because I keep thinking in the back of my mind, after Christmas, I can relax and rest and recuperate for a couple of days, drink lots of nice beers um, and, and chill before then the new year rush starts. But my biggest challenge is saying no, because I'm not very good at saying no sometimes. It's different when you have your own business as opposed to when you are at work in that managerial headset uh, and that mindset. It's, it's completely different. But. I think I've got a lot of transferable skills so I can, I can utilize and use in my business now what I've learned at Mark Spencer's over the last 24 years. And certainly from all this skill base that I learned at college and throughout all my years of baking, I can adapt and make that as well. So I'll let you into a little secret. So I haven't made them yet, 
but I'm going to push the boat out and I'm going to be making some panettone from scratch next week as additional Christmas gifts. So I haven't put them on the menu and I'm also going to be making some, um, I'm really sticking my neck on the line now folks here, aren't I? Um, I'm going to be making some Christmas truffles, some chocolate truffles as well, but I'm not going to advertise them per se. I'm going to wait until they're done. Then I'm going to pop them on and say, right, who would like them? Because the panettone itself is very time consuming, but I think it's a really special product and it's something different aside from my Christmas cake loaves that um, I've actually sold to the cheese and wine shop this year. So they're going to get theirs delivered next week. So any customers who want a fully iced cake loaf, it's a, like a, a two pound loaf, maybe a kilograms worth of um, Christmas cake to go to the cheese and wine shop in Clark's yard. Um, so yeah, there we go. I like it. <laughs> I don't think they're going to turn around. This, um, podcast goes out. We might let the cat out of the bag before you want us to. <laughs> well, I don't think you can release it before Natalie runs in there and Ted buys everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was delighted, <laughs> delighted to do a bit of work with the with the cheese and wine shop. Delighted to do that, and that started through them being at lockdown and me being one of their best customers, and consequently, a lot of my friends were their best customers as well, keeping them going. So yeah. it really, it went from there really, but it's good to support local businesses and I'm absolutely all about that, all about that. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why I wanted to do this really. I wanted to talk, you know, let's, it's, it's very easy to see the logos. I said this in the last podcast we did. It's very easy to see the logos and the corporate, I say corporate, you know, the websites, the logos, the social media. You never always get to see the person behind it unless it's more of a personal branding um so you know it's really important to do that and it, i think it's interesting that you say about saying no when you're running a business um you spend a lot of time getting the business in the first place especially in the early days and then yes. you know it takes and, and people are engaging with you and it is a challenge to say no and that's partly because yes. you work so hard to get to a point where you then have to say no but the truth is you've then got things that you you can look at moving forward and it, and mm -hmm. it's just while you solve the next solution mm -hmm. so in there so it's it's interesting to hear you say that i think um obviously going forward you've kind of touched on christmas um are, are you, do you do like do you will you be doing like an easter easter menu things absolutely like so i've got some exciting plans for the new year already into spring so I'm going to be looking at doing a Veganuary, oh. um, some cake loaves in January for that. Um, so there's a couple of exciting things that may come up from that. I think for Easter time, definitely my, um, I'm not really a brownie person as in advertising brownies. But I think there's some amazing people in Darlington. There's two that I can think of off the top of my head who do brownies and they, um, they're also two, two people who I've bought from, but I normally do a cream egg brownie or a cream egg cake or something of sorts like that. So I'll definitely be doing a, an Easter box. Mm -hmm. It'll definitely include mini eggs, Easter bunnies and something like that, without a doubt. But I think the first thing's first, that Veganuary, going to get something out there from a vegan point of view. Because I think it's really important to recognise those people out there who are gluten-free and vegan. Um, I'm using both of those, um, gluten-free and vegan, because... The, the say that by the time 2025 comes around, that 25% of the population will be gluten-free and vegan. So I think it's really important to recognise that. And then as we move from January into February, obviously we've got Valentine's. 
Valentine's may be very different next year, so I'm already working on some ideas with that, including freeze-dried raspberries and chocolate and strawberries. Haven't finalised anything for that just yet, but they're just initial thoughts of ingredients. And then we have Mother's Day. So, and then we've got Easter. I think in that order, actually. I think it's Mother's Day first, then Easter, if I'm right. So there's a lot of exciting things coming up. And in between that, folks, you know, there's always people's birthdays. It may be lockdown parties. Who knows what the next few months is going to bring. Um, but there's definitely a lot of exciting things to come next year. And I'm looking forward to hopefully working with some more local businesses. I'm blown away. <laughs> Just the amount <laughs> of cake that you're going to be making it is incredible. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I love the veganuary idea. Love the veganuary idea. I think it's good. It's good. People can try, you know, they might be thinking about it and they might cake might be the thing that they'd go, Oh, I can't have that. If, and then they can mm -hmm. try that. So that's um, a really good idea. Um, Natalie, have you just compiled a shopping list? While you've been pretty talking? much. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty blown away as well. I can't believe how much you've already thought about it as well. It sounds like you've got some quite exciting things up your sleeve some things that are a bit different um, I'm definitely a planner I like to I don't and even in my job now as a manager it's about planning ahead it's not just thinking about this week it's that leadership piece I guess of thinking ahead and well ahead and that's where I'm, I'm used to kind of working from that format and that platform really so yes really important to think about the next three or four months and what that may or may not bring but having a plan for how things may be and a plan if things aren't you've got to be adaptable and agile in these situations haven't you um especially where we don't know how you know quickly our vaccine's going to come in for covid etc but you've got to be agile that's one thing i have absolutely learned in the last few months you have to be and at least you can eat cake socially distanced <laughs> True. so if anyone wants to find out about any of the good things that you're doing where do they look so I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I am Conisliff Cakery. Um, there's only, there's no one else similar remotely. Um, it, I have to give credit here to my husband because it was him who had said the name. I was going to go down the route of using Becky's Bakes or something like that. And there was too many people out there who'd already done that. So credit to, um, to Brian because he came up with the name Conisliff Cakery. Um, and I have to I have to give a shout out here to Kirsty Wastel of Ashburn Design because it was Kirsty who designed my amazing logo, and the amount of people who have commented on it, who love the colours, the whole concept of it. She's done an amazing, amazing job. So thank you to her as well. Yeah, we we spoke to Kirsty on our first episode, which Excellent. is actually uh, published this morning. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, as we're recording this because obviously we need to get them turned around um so it's really good and nice to hear that you guys have worked together and uh you know it's it's great so what we'll do is we'll link to um connors with cakery in the description and uh sorry description on the podcast and on the video if you're watching us hi if you're watching us on video um and, and we'll <laughs> put that out there um but yeah so becky thank you so much for joining us thank um, you it's as been a pleasure. Been saying, as we've been saying to everybody, we'll try and keep in touch and maybe see <laughs> see how many millions of cakes you've baked by the time we get to February. <laughs> I have to say, I think if I was going to reckon up the amount of eggs and flour that I've used, 
it must be over, I don't know, three or 400 eggs and it must be over 20, 25 kilograms of plain flour and probably the same for self-raising. That's a lot of flour. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could get some infographics made summarizing the amount of eggs that you use and the amount of flour etc that'd be really that would be really interesting to see well in my christmas cakes alone let me just quickly rack off the top of my head now what i've made there's been 80 odd about 80 odd eggs made alone out of my christmas cakes wow, wow. That's a lot. yeah and they're not, they're not huge christmas cakes they no. are uh, they're different they're a two pound loaf cake so yeah that's a lot of baking <laughs> yes and there's only one pair of these one pair of these and these hams have been these hams were very very sore making those christmas cakes i can tell you <laughs> i can tell you they really were but worth well, it all yeah. worth it no that's fantastic well make sure you um check becky's business out and find uh, find out what's good in the cake world um as we move forward but other than that becky thank you so much for joining us really thank appreciated you and have a great Christmas. Thank you, you too. Thanks Becky. Thank you so much to Becky for joining us on today's episode. We really appreciate it and we've really enjoyed hearing her story. If you'd like more information, please make sure you check out the information in the description below. And equally, if you want to reach out to Hubspoke on Twitter, please tag us at Hubspoke1. Until the next episode, I look forward to catching you then. Take care. Bye.